It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whether your business needs cars, vans, or larger commercial vehicles, you can rent from the best lineup in the UK with Enterprise. And with flexible long-term rental, you can get vehicles for as long as you need them, from minutes to months. Whatever the mission, Enterprise's mobility experts can build a bespoke solution to suit your business needs. Visit enterprise.co.uk forward slash business to find out more. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello, happy Monday everyone and welcome to another Andy Goldstein's TalkSport Daily podcast. With me, your host with the most, well, not most, I've had a haircut. I mean, if you've been following the podcast series over the last week, you'll know it was haircut day for me on Friday. And as you can see, look at it, look, I've got what the young kids call a fade going on. No, me neither. Anyway, enough about my hair, more on that later, of course. Let's begin the podcast, ironically, with the first word being the final word. (laughs) No, didn't work either. Spurs, of course, beat Manchester City by two goals to nil in the Premier League. And you lot had your say on that show with Simon Jordan and Danny Kelly. Mourinho with a big smile, a smirk on his face because he's done it again against Pep Guardiola. Finished here, thanks to goals from Steven Bergwijn and Hummingson. Tottenham 2, Manchester City 0. Well, there's, I mean, the moose is right. It's, if, if Mourinho started smash and grab, then that's exactly what that was. Because, Simon, that was one of those very, very odd games. Although they're becoming too frequent for Manchester City, where they've dominated the game. They've battered Tottenham. They've battered Tottenham. And um, Ian's assertion that he's done it again to Guardiola, I'm not sure about that, because half the reason why he left Spain because he couldn't get one over on Guardiola, and he spent a lot of time looking across at Man City with great envy. Tottenham got battered today. You know, 70%... Possession for Man City, 17, 18 shots on top. Ta- on, on, on goal, hit, hit a crossbar, missed the penalty, penalty, had a player sent off. Now, all of those are things that you have to go through during the course of a season. But when we're looking at the decline of a football club, which we're we're, we're just speculating about, I don't see that much decline. I just think this is a, a result that goes against the run of play and just happens in the business of football times. And I totally accept that. And then I I, I turn your attention, my lad, to a few days ago in the semi-final second leg of the Carabao Cup where Manchester City were also the better team for much of the game and contrived to lose against Manchester United. Is it a habit, though? But do, you, do you not think with sides like Man City that play football in a certain way that there is a potential that they will lose games that they should never lose because there's an element of fragility about their flamboyance and their bravery and their courage of their convictions and their principles? They, they don't game-manage, they win games. That you don't hear Pep Guardiola ever talking about game management. You talk hear all these other managers about managing games. That he talks, in my view, and I, there may be someone mm-hmm. will bring out a soundbite where he does talk about game management. But he talks, in my view, about how you win a game, how you impress yourself upon the opposition, and in, in instances like that where you just simply cannot odds, you cannot odds, 
a, a top class footballer missing a penalty. You can't odds having 17 shots on target and none of them going in. It's just one of those days. And if you look down the line and say, well, Man City lost to Man United in a game that always has a different dynamic to it. Mm-hmm. They battered them into the next life in the first half at Old Trafford. It could have been 8-0 up and eased off in the second half. And Man United got a result at the, at, at the Etihad 1-0, but they still didn't get to the cup final. Man City did. Sam is a Manchester City fan. He's uh, just making his way away from the giant space station in North London. Hello, Sam. Hey, guys. How are you? Really good. Thank you for joining us. What did you want to say to me and Simon and the listing millions? But basically, Gundogan misses a penalty. He also misses an open goal because of a very, very poor ball by Sterling, who at the moment is playing absolutely awful. I don't think you can look at Guardiola and, and, and blame him for today's performance. The players are not stepping up against United midweek. David Silva passing it when he should be when he should be hitting them. Guardiola is, is is creating them to get these chances. We've had 14 chances today, and he can't put the ball in the back of it. That's not Guardiola's fault. The way that Guardiola sets the team up and makes them play means we get 14 chances a game. They don't score. Guardiola's made some mistakes over the, over the time. I think, obviously, not replacing company. I think you'll have to say, yeah, it, it, it's really bit is on the backside. We're still creating numerous chances. Tottenham had two. Well, they have a third one right near the end. Yeah, but essentially they had two, didn't they? United had one the other day. In two games, we've conceded four shots on target and conceded three, yet we've had 27 shots. Guardiola's creating them opportunities. The players, in my opinion, they are not clinical enough. Raheem Sterling, don't get me wrong, I love the guy. I think think he's brought a lot to to, to us over the past year or two. The last couple of months, he's been awful. We've gone a man down and he's taken a ground off. The the guy's the best Premier League scorer in in the league history. Why have we taken him off? We've not got a player other than Aguero that can actually do that. And at the moment, we're, we're suffering big time. Without Aguero, we've got nothing. Stay with football and Manchester United now and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was speaking to TalkSport after the mighty Manchester United drew 0-0 with Wolverhampton Wanderers. That was, of course, from game day on TalkSport. We dominated possession. We uh, controlled the game, uh, but they're very hard to break down Wolverhampton. We've played them now three times in two weeks, um, and or three weeks maybe, and... Uh, but we haven't uh, conceded a goal against them, so we must be hard to break down as well. So, uh, a game that we expected, two teams that know each other well. I was going to say, do you, do you think you know each other too well? Is that, is that the problem? <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure we'll we'll play them in the Europa League as well. That's just faith in it. So, uh, no, it, it's not about that. Of course, they, there's tactical elements, but it's also now we're on the end of two months with a relentless run we've had 18 games in two months and that's quite a lot and some of these players have played almost every minute um i take my hat off for their attitude character fitness they've showed the true characters um yeah we lacked a little bit of that quality that spark but which is natural time now for a bit of bald bingo and if you've got danny mills on your bingo sheet cross him off now it's time to hear from him on the sunday exclusive with Mark Saggers. What about me? I've just mentioned you, Saggers. And tiny little Ray Houghton. They were talking about Manchester United signing one of the game's greatest ever strikers in Igalo. But they were saying, bizarrely, it's an impulsive and desperate move. They've gone for a striker that's a club that's struggling towards the bottom and a player that hasn't scored many goals and it isn't in great form. That seems to be the sort of pull that Manchester United are fishing in at the moment. They've gone for Igalo. 
I mean, people were surprised when Fellaini signed for Manchester United. But at least mm. he was a decent player. Igalo is, is just just smacks of desperation. Within two seasons, they've gone from Zlatan to Igalo. You know, they've gone from being able to attract that type of calibre players to Igalo. Time now to Tony Cascarino wanted his say on the Igalo move. And Tony knows exactly what it's like to be a great striker. He would have played alongside many a top goal scorer in English football. Anyway, Tony was talking about Igalo's loan move to Manchester United, saying how it's understandable in the January window. Let's put it in perspective of what United have done. They were the highest spender, as in the biggest transfer in the window. Yeah. So that's a big plus. A guy that gets mid goals from midfield. They haven't got them. Thread doesn't score goals. Uh, Matic's got the... Well, he hasn't got a Premier League goal, but he scored in the Cup this week, as we saw. Um, so they've, they've lacked... Pereira's lacked goals in midfield. So they've done that. That's the good business. Now, I'm with you on this. If you can't get the striker you want and you are searching in the January transfer window and you might have a target that you want to get in in next summer, yeah. I think you have to take a short-term deal. Yeah. Now, if Josh King didn't fit because the numbers didn't add up and it wasn't good for United, then you move elsewhere. Yeah. You are not going to get a top striker in January. You're really not, unless you're going to break the bank. Yeah, like, Erling Haaland. Yeah, you're going to go literally crazy and spend you know, a big part of your budget. You are going to sp- spend way over more than you want to. So... I think it's needed, yes, because of injury. I think other players, you know, having Rashford out is a problem. So that it's bringing in someone that you hope adds to from the bench or, or play games. I think it just gives uh, Shellscore another option. Right. I think he wants Martial as an option. He wants Shels, um, He wants obviously Greenwood as an option, Narigalo. I, I personally feel the Rashford injury was the only reason why they t- talked about and thought about a short-term deal. Now, if you're a fan of Glory Hunters on TalkSport, you'll be pleased to know that the Suns TV reviewer Ali Ross was on, arguing that we need to go beyond red cards in football and introduce a black card. Sending's off. Everyone loves them, but they've lost their luster. Okay. (laughs) Straight red. Mm. It's still just a red card, so you go one louder. Black. (laughs) Not just that. Two guys have to come on. We can get Blue Peter to design the uniforms. Yeah. So they're escorted from the field with a blanket over their head. <laughs> like they're a criminal. Oh, yeah, lovely. Very yeah. notorious criminal. <laughs> it doesn't end there. They have to spend the night at the ground. Oh, lovely. <laughs> Cleaning cell. it, perhaps. Oh, I'd clean it. Natalie's been sent off. Terrible foul. She has to spend the night in clean a holding it. cell. And the club, the host club... Are like, can play whatever they like into it. Oh, oh So let's just say, for instance, Alfredo Morales has been sent off at Petodri. He has to spend the night getting played the 1989 Skull Cup final oh, on repeat. Yeah. It's like, it's He's like. released at 10 o'clock the next morning. So the Sunday for Monday guys in the papers have all got something. Alfredo's shame. Yeah. He's coming out of the cells. He's bleary-eyed. Yeah. You know what you've done there, Ali? <laughs> you've overgilded the lily. <laughs> That's the Glory Hunters podcast with Charlie Baker, available to both of you from all your regular podcast providers. Time now to talk punching people in the face for a living and Adrian Durham. No, I don't mean you want to punch him in. Well, maybe you do, but that's not why I'm talking about Adrian Durham. I'm talking about him because Deontay Wilder, heavyweight champion of the world, was on the Drive Time show alongside Jamie O'Hara, looking back 
on that punch in the 12th round 14 months ago. If you haven't seen it, it's a fight where he takes on Tyson Fury and Tyson Fury dances about, puts his gloves behind his back and then he got knocked down early on in the fight and then he got knocked down as well at the end of the fight and everyone goes, oh, Tyson Fury should have won that even though he got knocked down twice. Anyway, what do I know about boxing? But what I do know is that the Fight Night podcast with Gareth A. Davis and Adam Catchell is available now. How about that? Before you go download it, though, have a listen to the ginger fella with loud shirts. We still can't believe that Tyson Fury got up. The, the rematch is just over three weeks away. Fury's changed his trainer. He says he's going to knock you out. So what do you say to that? Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm always talking about speaking, believing things that you speak into the universe and it coming to you. But the true magic to it all is belief. Belief is everything. You know, religion is even religion is not real if you don't believe. Belief is a small word, but it's a huge thing when you unlock it. You know, and if he believed that then it could happen. But you know, honestly and truthfully, I don't I don't believe you know, Fury believes the words that are coming out of his own mouth. Um, I think it's for hype or whatever. And, you know, it's, we're going to see on the night of that fight, February the 22nd, baby, 2020, we here. <laughs> and we're going to see what happens. But, you know, honestly, I don't believe that. Um, if he does do that, then that's giving me more advantage than I need, you know, by him bringing the force to me. And I'm already coming with thrilling force coming to him. So, you know, it's just like a car wreck, a two, a, you know, a, a head-on collision about to happen. And uh, we're going to, you know. And you know what happens when when I lay the, the hammer down on people. You know, they just start doing funny things on the camera. What, what did you think that when you, you fought him last time and he actually got up in that 12th round when you hit him with that? You know, I was definitely surprised, you know, but it was amazing to see. Like, in, in the, my, face, my face showed the impression of surprise. Like, I was surprised again because, you know, when you hit a guy, you know, uh, um, like well, most of the time when I hit guys and stuff, they fall. And especially how I stood over him and saw his eyes go in the back of his head and his neck was pulsing out with veins, you know, with hot blood going straight down him, you know, rushing because his body is reacting. And to see his body on the canvas like a murder scene, it was, <laughs> yeah, you know, it was surprising to see him get up. But inside, I was like, I was like, inside, I was like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's like I threw my hands up up in the air or whatever because the you know we living up to the hype of the fight yeah and i can only imagine the people in the arena you know or the people at home or people just listening to it you know like i said listening to it on the radio you see boom boom he goes down he goes wilder knocked it down and when you hear about wilder knocking somebody down you in your heart you already like damn it's over you know what i'm saying because you know that's what i do and to hear he's oh my god he's getting back up you're like what you know what I'm saying? So it made it a thrilling fight to see all the action and the activity that was up in that ring uh, up on that night, you know. it And then to come out with a controversial decision made it even more thrilling because now it leads up to the Wild and Fury 2. Hi, I'm Danny Kelly, and you're listening to TalkSport Daily. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This episode of the TalkSport Daily is brought to you by Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Planning to hire or share a car or van? Enterprise is there every step of the way. Whenever and wherever you need a vehicle and whatever it's for... Enterprise can help. With over 450 locations across the UK, they're just around the corner. Whether you need a weekend rental, a holiday hire, a replacement car, or you're planning a business trip, home or away, Enterprise are there to help. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk. Back now to game day with David Moyes. We haven't replaced Saggers with David Moyes. It's not a bad idea though, is it? Well, that's your opinion, not mine. Anyway, this is David Moyes saying he's not happy with his defence for the Brighton goals. He's overturned it. He's only got to give it the goal. Oliver's given the goal. Glenn Murray scored again against West Ham. Brighton have come from 3-1 down. Uh, what's my back four doing for the third one as well? You know, we ducked and let Glenn Murray score at the back post. Uh, we, we don't deal with a simple, simple ball in the round as somebody could put their foot through it quite easily. It wasn't as if we were under great pressure, but uh, it was really poor. And that gave them the leg up. You know, we were 3-1, 70 minutes, having you know, control of the game without you know, not having all the ball. But as I said, you know, midweek had a little bit of an impact on us, I think, in the second half. And we were nearly seeing it out. And Actually, we had a period after we went 3-1 up where I thought we kept the ball well. and looked as if we were, you know, if anything, we might get a fourth goal. But we gave them, we gave them that opportunity. We went 3-2 then. They could try anything and pushed on and done all sorts and forced us back in, and it paid off for them. Time now for a bit of Culverhouse with Max and Barry. Yeah, great game that is, uh, where two people just randomly name ex-footballers with no connection to anyone or anything whatsoever and make people believe that there are rules. There are no rules. Don't be so stupid. They make it up as they go along until one of them goes, oh, Culverhouse, and the other goes, oh, I can't believe you've done that. And they go, yeah. <laughs> anyway, here's this week's edition. Rick Holden, Mike Milligan, Frankie Bunn, Ian Wong, John Salarco, Richard Shaw, Dave Bennett, Eric Young, Ian Culverhouse. Okay, something happened there. Have I re-younged? I think you. I think you re-younged. I don't think I did. You don't think you re-younged? There was a huge controversy about uh, uh, Culverhouse. I, I accused you of double younging. Yes, uh, that has never happened before in the game. Uh, has it? Have you done? I think I've re-younged. You re Okay, so a different thing. So what we've done is we have <laughs> we've cobbled all your answers together, and uh, we can check if they were to Eric Youngs or not. Let's have a listen. Scott Sellers, Steve Anthrobus, Romeo Zondervan. Steve Chettle, Phil Starbuck, Ian Whitehouse, Chris Kawamia, Mustafa Hadji, Roger Joseph, Mike Milligan, Ian Wone, Richard Shaw, Eric Young. So, you, Max, owe yeah, me an apology, do. as do several listeners <laughs> who tweeted and texted in 
<laughs> to accuse me falsely of double younging. I did not double young. Uh, Mark says, please don't underestimate the importance that Culver House has to many of us. It's crucial that the check is made and that it's accurate. Without it, the whole integrity of the game is gone. The Court of Arbitration for the Game of Culver House has been in touch. It says, we, the Court of Arbitration for the Game of Culver House, take a dim view of false accusations of double naming. If Max had any doubt, he should finish the game and let the arbiters decide if a double naming occurred. Please take this as a warning of future behaviour. So it appears I've uh, avoided a ban. Do you know what, what I thought when hearing that clip? I, I thought... If my parents are listening to this, they must be so proud of me. <laughs> Time now for the best show on a weekend, and that, of course, is Andy Goldstein's Trans Europe Express with me, Andy Goldstein. A slightly shorter show than usual, because, of course, it was the final of the American egg chasing thingamajiggy. What's it called? Yeah, the Super. Anyway, here's the Super Trans Europe Express. Talking about Bruno Fernandes, who, of course, made his Manchester United debut against Wolves yesterday. What did you make of how much United paid, Mark? What did you make of the add-ons, supposedly, that are involved in the deal? And what did you make of him as a player coming to play in the Premier League? I think as far as he, uh, as, as far as far him coming to the Premier League is concerned, I think that Manchester United, the position they're in, um, I think that he was about the best they, they could get. Um, you know, in January, I think he's somebody that improves their team immediately. I know there's been question marks as to whether he played too deep in that opening game against Wolves. And I think that he will be seen at his best in the final third. Yes, looking to thread balls through, but uh, I, I think you're, you're taking something out of his game if he's picking the ball up deep rather than, you know, getting on the end of things on the edge his of the area. His best position as a three? I would say it would be in what Jose Mourinho calls an open triangle where you have one defensive midfielder maybe McTominay and then you have two kind of in front of him which would be Fernandez and hopefully Paul Pogba if you're a Manchester United fan I think that would be his best position you don't he's not like a, a Ozil number 10 he would be I suppose what the traditional number eight you know he can get up and down but you want him to be like a Frank Lampard type you know scoring from the edge of the area because if he, he plays too deep you're taking something very much mm. away from his game I think Andy said the last time I was on that he fully expected the deal to go through because Sporting were were desperate for the for the money. There was obviously this brinkmanship and uh, Barcelona suddenly coming into play and then disappearing almost. That was as, convenient. Yeah, um, I, I feel like Manchester United could have got this done if they were prepared to pay this money. I feel like they could have you know they could have got this done in the summer and then you know they would have already had the um, you know four or five months worth of Bruno Fernandes. But that's it for another podcast. Thanks as always for downloading. Remember, if you haven't done so already, you can do it via Acast, Apple Pods and Spotify. I'm back tonight with the fun boy looking back at a busy weekend of football from 10pm on the Sports Bar where obviously you lot in Radio Land or Podcast World can have your say on all the weekend's football. So make sure you join me in the fun boy from 10pm tonight on TalkSport. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. Be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from TalkSport. The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whatever your mission, home or away, don't delay. Enterprise has the vehicle for the job. Rent from the best lineup in the UK. With over 450 branches, Enterprise has what your business needs. From compact three-door cars to spacious SUVs and people carriers to vans, they offer a large range of reliable vehicles perfect for the job. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk.